Welcome to the Cleansing Word Podcast with Pastor Kevin of Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa. Join us as we go through the Bible as we encourage your walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, visit us at cclv.org. And please share and subscribe to this podcast. Now, let's hear a message from God's Word. talking about heroes of the faith all weekend you know growing up I remember uh, kindergarten going over to my friend's house after kindergarten every I don't know I don't know if every day but once a week I don't remember how often the show was on but Superman I go over to my friend uh, Chris's house and after kindergarten we would watch Superman together um, you know, he, a lot of the superheroes have these supernatural abilities, right? Like Superman can fly and his x-ray vision and all that stuff. His extraordinary strength. Then you have Batman with all his gizmos and gadgets and, um, Spider-Man with his webs and um, climbing ability and all that. I, you know, another big one for me, I, I was about five years old when Star Wars came out. Um, and so, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a lightsaber, so, you know, imagination, right? So I had a, um, a stackable markers. Stackable markers. They were multicolored, so it was colorful. And, you know, that was my lightsaber. Um, But with all that, you know, a lot of times you have those big, flashy heroes. But then you have Bilbo Baggins. Then you have Frodo and Sam from the Lord of the Rings. The unassuming ones, the common ones, who, you know, rise above the situation with extraordinary courage that they didn't know themselves that they had. And they go from common to uncommon. I remember specifically how it was portrayed in uh, the Lord of the Rings movie at the end when Strider, who became king, um, comes down the walkway and comes to the hobbits, Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin, and they, he's king at this point, and everybody else is bowed, and they're, they bow, and he says to them, you bow to no one. And it was because of their extraordinary courage and all that was accomplished through them. 
Today we're going to talk about Aquila and Priscilla. And really, they kind of represent, I would say, all of us. That they, they were more common. We talked about Ruth and Boaz this weekend. And the portrayal and the picture that they gave of Jesus Christ as our kinsman redeemer. That Boaz being Ruth's kinsman redeemer, you know, we have that picture of Christ as our kinsman redeemer, as we are the bride of Christ, as we are the Ruth in that situation. Then we have David and Abigail that we talked about. You know, David did extraordinary thing. He, he killed Goliath. He killed the giant, even as a young man, a young boy. That he did that, and he was chosen by God to be king. And he did become king. And Abigail, keeping David from sin at that time. Then we have Abraham and Sarah, and the portrayal of obedience and the promise that they would be the parents of a great nation, of many nations, of endless um, descendants. Then Esther, who was called for such a time as this to save her nation, the Jews. You know, all these had these great calls, these, these great events. They were called to greatness. Esther was queen. David was king. You know, Boaz portrayed Jesus, that picture of Jesus as kinsman redeemer. Abraham was called from a far land to come to the promised land. But Aquila and Priscilla were, were common, were common everyday people. And yet, God used them uncommonly. Our main passage will be Acts 18 today. We'll be skipping around a little bit. There's a little, there's a bit about it, about Aquila and Priscilla, not a ton. But Acts 18 is the main portion, and then there's just a few, four other verses that they are a part of for the rest of the scriptures. And so chapter, Acts chapter 18 tells us, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. He found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. And so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. So we find out here um, that Aquila and Priscilla had to flee from Rome because of the decree of Claudius. And they also find out that they were tent makers. They had jobs. They, they were providing for themselves. They were, um, you know, they weren't wealthy. They weren't um, of privilege. But they were like us. They had jobs, and they were tent makers. And Paul, also being a tent maker, joined them. 
and came to them. So, verse 3, so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. And then it goes on to say that Paul reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And so we have them as, um, you know, they were occupying their time. They were providing for themselves as tent makers. 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Okay, so we're to occupy. We're to, we're to keep busy. We're to provide for our families, for, for each other. And so, but we also are to do it for the glory of God. We shouldn't think of our jobs as, you know, that's just my job. That's how I get paid. That's how I eat um, but we're to do all things for the glory of God you know a job might not seem like such a great thing in the realm of of the kingdom of God but it, you can live your life as a believer in Jesus Christ through your job you can be that example you can be that witness for Christ wherever you are at, whether you're a student in, in school or high school or college, whether you're, you have a job where you are earning money, you know, we're to be those witnesses. We're to be there for living out our life. It should be no different. Um, no matter where we are, we should be living our life for Christ, practicing our faith, encouraging others, taking opportunities to minister to others and to give them the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. And so they were tent makers. They, they did this to provide and to, um, to occupy and to um, provide for themselves as they were these tent makers. And skipping down to 18 in Acts chapter 18, it tells us uh, where Paul returns to Antioch. And so Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren, sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had, and it gives us a side note, he had his hair cut off at Centria, for he had taken a vow. And so talking about Paul there with the haircut. Um, so Aquila and Priscilla were companions of Paul, and they, they sailed um, to Syria with Paul at that time. And so they were just going about, I believe they were just, Aquila and Priscilla were just going about where God would lead them. I mean, they were, they were kicked out of Rome. They met up with Paul. Uh, they probably, I mean, they didn't have any um, grounding to where they were, so they continued on with Paul, and 
assumingly as the Lord has led them to do those things. And we find in 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 through 11 about the quiet life. First Thessalonians 4, 9 tells us, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Now Paul's writing this to the Thessalonians, um, but it's for us, and I'm sure this is the attitude that Aquila and Priscilla had. So they had this brotherly love, and indeed you do so toward all brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we're, we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians there, encouraging us to increase our brotherly love, to increase our love for one another. Verse 11, that you also aspire to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, that you may lack nothing. So I think this fits Aquila and Priscilla, that this is the type of life that, that they had, that they um, aspired to that quiet life, to, to work and to just live for Christ as they lived this life out. And so they're in Syria, and in verse 19 it tells us in Acts chapter 18, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And so Aquila and Priscilla were there in Ephesus. And then Paul went to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And so the, the Jews at that time asked for Paul to stay longer with them, but he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep the feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent some time there, he departed and went over to the region of Galatia and Phygera, in order strengthening all the disciples. So here's Paul going around as he did, strengthening the churches, preaching in the synagogues, and uh, just ministering for the cause of Christ. But then we have uh, probably the main section that we know of and probably the most common thing that people remember about Aquila and Priscilla, their interaction with this guy named Apollos. And so in verse 24 of Acts 18, it tells us, Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And so here we have... Aquila and Priscilla as a mentor, as um, one who sees the situation 
and increases knowledge, uh, you know, gives the full gospel to Apollos that he would have that gospel. But they are also, as a mentor, as a, I would say as a coach, um, I can relate to that. You know, I've been coaching for around 10 years now, basketball, and it's, it's a privilege. And it's awesome to be able to invest in the guys that I coach. And not only on the court, but spiritually that, you know, with the organizations that I, I coach for, I can preach Christ. I can encourage the guys in Christ and teach them more knowledge of Christ. And that's exactly what Aquila and Priscilla did here. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. He was on the right track. He was mighty in the scriptures. But he didn't have the full picture. But they saw his potential. They didn't get down on him. They didn't ream him out and say, you're doing it wrong, right? No, they took him aside. They encouraged him. They filled in the gaps of his knowledge for his understanding. And what was the results of that? Verse 27, And when he had desired to cross to Acacia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, talking about Apollos. And when he had arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. He became a powerhouse that he took that knowledge. I mean, he was already sold out to the Lord. He just needed the complete picture of the gospel. And once he had that, he went and he greatly helped those had believed through grace. He vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus was the Savior, that he was the Christ. You know, that I've heard this often. You know, we've had some great evangelists of, you know, recent times. You know, somebody had to be Billy Graham's Sunday school teacher. We might not, maybe somebody knows who that is, but maybe not. You know, we may consider ourselves common, but you never know who you give Jesus Christ to, who you give the gospel to, and what God might do with them. That's exactly what Aquila and Priscilla have here. Because we don't hear much more about Aquila and Priscilla. I'm sure they ministered. I'm sure they lived Christ out. But we hear more about Apollos. 
and we hear here just a that snapshot of what Apollos would go on to do. But yet, God used Aquila and Priscilla to enable Apollos to become that for Christ. And sometimes, you know, over... What's it been? About 30 years that I've been... I was... I fully committed my life to Christ at the age of 19. And I started to do ministry probably about a year or so later. So it's been about 30 years uh, that I've been ministering in one way or another. Over those years, sometimes you get little pictures of fruit but you're not necessarily going to see that fruit um, over the time. You know, I haven't had an Apollos that I know of um, come from my time of ministry. But I know that God can use me and has used me in the life of others. I've seen little pictures here and there that encourage me that I can look back on and say, oh yeah, God worked there. And it's humbling because God used me, an imperfect person, a sinner, that God used me to influence somebody else for Christ, even if it was just a small way. And God can use each of you, no matter if you're young if you're middle-aged, if you're older, whatever time in life that we are in, God can use us for his glory. He uses us, the imperfect, because he can show his strength, he can show his grace, his mercy, his love through us. He chooses to use us as we live in obedience to him. That's really what Aquila and Priscilla were about. They, they lived that quiet, probably uncommon life. But yet, we hear of this. And I had... I had uh, needed reminding of this just this these two verses in Romans 16 um, and actually I'm going to backtrack a little bit just about um, this section with Apollos in Jude I love this section of Jude verses 20 through 23, it tells us, But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto un eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others stay with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled of the flesh. You now, as we minister to people, 
whether it's believers or unbelievers, we, we need to have wisdom of our approach. Some people need that compassion, and then we need to make that distinction. Some people need that tough love. That saving with fear, pulling them out of the fire. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, we should have that wisdom in how we approach others. Um, and that's what Aquila and Priscilla had here with Apollos, that they approached him, pulled him aside, had compassion, and um, fulfilled in those gaps about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're to encourage 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 11 tells us, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. So that's, you know, they pulled the policy aside. They edified him. They taught him. We're to comfort one another. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 tells us, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk and to please God. So just like Paul has encouraged the Thessalonians to walk in the ways of God as he taught them, so Apollos did uh, from what he was taught from Aquila and Priscilla. And so now we go to Romans 16, 3 and 4. We have an interesting side note about Aquila and Priscilla. Romans 16, 3 and 4. And so he tells uh, the Romans who he's writing this to, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So we have here just a little bit more picture of how God used Aquila and Priscilla. What a statement. I mean, they basically laid down their life uh, for Paul. They risked their own necks for my life, he says. And not only does he give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks. And whether that's saying that Paul was able to minister to all the churches because of their efforts or a combination that they also ministered to the churches, to other Gentiles. But we see how the Lord can work commonly in common man like us, like Aquila and Priscilla, but yet uncommonly. That even if we feel that we're common, God can do great and amazing things. And it might cost us. I mean, they risk their own necks. It might cost us. But it's worth it because it's for the glory of the Lord. First Peter 4.11 You know, throughout, wherever they were, Quill and Priscilla ministered. 
And I lost my place, sorry. Here we go. First Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. And in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. They minister throughout, and, you know, we're... We're to minister with the ability that God supplies. So it's, it's God's strength. It's, it's God through us that we minister. And I like to say that we're, we're all ministers. We're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're all called to that ministry to live that common life extraordinarily through Jesus Christ that it isn't such an uncommon life if we really look at it, that as we live for Christ, we're not so common because we are the sons and daughters of the King, that we are His children. We are God's. And that's not so common. We're to minister as Aquila and Priscilla live their life out, allowing the Lord to work through them, that they would be mentioned here. I mean, how many other believers did lived out their lives? But weren't specifically mentioned in the Gospels, in the Scriptures. But yet we hear, we have this picture of this couple, these heroes of the faith, Aquila and Priscilla, who may have lived that common life, but they were extraordinary because they lived it in and through Christ. They're mentioned one more time in 2 Timothy 4.19, it tells us that as he's writing to Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. And so they're just briefly mentioned there. And so they, they got around. They were around the churches. They were ministering. They were helping Paul. They instructed Apollos. They laid their life, their neck out for Paul. What has God called you to? What life has God called you to? Because we all can be heroes of the faith. We all can reach one. And that one can reach another. And that one can reach another. And it's not adding there. It's multiplying. That we would be those ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We would 
live our life, but we would live it extraordinary in and through Christ. The Lord desires each of us to one, to obey and to do his will. And from that, that love that he has poured out to us and our love for him, that we would love others above ourselves, that we would take our knowledge of the gospel, our knowledge of Christ, and we would give it away. We would minister to others in his great love, laying down our lives as he laid down his life for us. In John 15, 13, 12 and 13, John 15, 12 and 13 tells us, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. Jesus did that for us, and we can do that for others, that we would lay down our lives, putting God first, others second, so that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of God, would go forth, and many would see and hear that he is truly God, that through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. That's the gospel message. That's Jesus Christ, our hero, our Lord and Savior, our God. As Travis comes, let's go to prayer. Lord, we've talked about the heroes of the faith, Lord. We thank you that you saved us, that you gave your life for us. You laid down your life that we may live, that we can have that forgiveness of sin and eternal life. You transform our lives because of who you are and, and what you did for us, Lord. It's by grace that we are saved, not by works lest no man shall boast. You are the Lord of lords, the King of kings. You are our God. Lord, we thank you for this weekend. We thank you that we were able to look at these heroes of the faith who just gave us pictures of you and how we can live extraordinary lives in and through you, Jesus. You are our God, our Savior, our love, for there is no greater love than you. Lord, help us to be encouraged to go forth and minister your gospel, the good news that you can save all, that through you all things are possible. All things can be redeemed. All things can be healed all things can be forgiven. Lord, I pray for that transformational lives to be in and among us. And Lord, I pray for this place that you would continue to bring those who need you, 
who need to hear your gospel. Lord, and help us to be bold as we go forth from this place to minister your gospel to those that we meet, that your love will go forth and many would be saved, that they would be redeemed, that they would be transformed, that they would be freed from all this world, Lord. And they would be your sons and daughters, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, let us go forth and serve you and serve others. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been a great weekend. We're glad everybody came out. And uh, just want to invite everybody once again to come downstairs and uh, help us finish off all that food. And uh, um, let's just go forth, stand fast in the Lord, and he will make the way. Let us trust in him in all things. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his, may his light shine upon you and give you grace. Go in peace and serve the Lord.